Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Right among other things, we'll find out about the offensive linesman. Hello, welcome to Any Given Wednesday, the podcast that thinks it's doing a great job of following its team closely. And then in week 11 of the season, sees a player they've never even heard of crop up and score a touchdown. I think who's that guy? <laughs> it's episode VIII, or as I thought it was, IIX. It's episode eight. We're going to be looking at the one. <laughs> we're going to be looking at one of, if not the greatest coach-player pairings in all of modern sport. Not even just in the NFL. Of course, it's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and their dynasty at the New England Patriots. A controversial topic. People either love them or hate them. I'm your rookie host, Tom Parry, and I was plucked as number 199th pick in the draft by a man who isn't afraid to court controversy in the media, has his own deflated football and loves to have pictures taken of him wearing sleeveless T-shirts. It's Mike Bubbins, everybody. (laughs) Hello, Tom. Hello, world. These get better and better and better. They really do. The Bill Belichick of podcasting, mate. Well, you might want to mention, Tom, this is completely inadvertently I've done this, what I'm wearing today for the podcast. Now, usually I'm I'm quite smartly dressed, but I've been working out this morning. I'm, I'm in the... My bar, which is fairly cold, because I, I, if the heat is on, it makes too much noise. So I'm wearing, I just realised this now, I'm wearing my grey hoodie. <laughs> I look like, I look like Belichick. You've come in fancy dress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's great. You know, and you've come as one of the bushwhackers, so that's all good, isn't it? <laughs> I married a supermodel, so I'm, that's my Brady section. No. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to be getting into the Patriots in a second. It is always quite divisive, isn't it, talking about the Patriots? Well, do you know what? Because I've done a bit of research for this. Uh, research is normally like watching games and, and, and reading a bit. But when you get when you go, I'll, I'll go into it a bit more later, but when you get into it a bit deeper, if nothing else, you cannot help but 
really, really respect Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. We'll get to that. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, you're joining us from Pubbins Bar, of course, um, mm-hmm. full of NFL memorabilia. What memorabilia are you bringing to the table this week? Today I'm going to bring my Super Bowl one Ray Nitschke throwback jersey, which I bought to go to a game when uh, the Packers played the Bills in a preseason game in Toronto when I was living over there. So it's it's my favourite jersey. It was a lot of money at the time, but I've had it now for 24 years, and it's been washed hundreds of times. When they win, I don't wash it. When they lose, I wash it. Um, <laughs> yeah, for Super Bowl one, Ray Nitschke. Beautiful Packers throwback jersey. The good thing about American football jerseys is they don't, you don't grow out of them. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. you're always buying them big. You'd have issues, wouldn't you? Yeah, like there's definitely, I've got some football strips that I've just had to kind of consign to, you know, display purposes only as I've put on weight. It's a good look. <laughs> Keep the tweets coming in at any given wed pod or leave comments wherever you get your podcast from. Um, we've had a few nice messages. I'll read them now. Let's have a look. Oh, here we go. Zigwi got in touch. Zegwi. Lovely stuff. Five stars. Great podcast. Bills fan. After watching some Channel 4 stuff in the mid 80s, age nine or 10, I got an NFL book out of the library to learn the teams and rules. I had one of those. Did you? Do you remember getting a book out, Mike? I, I definitely had a book that, to explain the rules. Well, I used to, yeah, but I used to, I didn't. I wasn't a library person. I used to, I used to buy. They were my presents. I, I, I'd ask for those books as. So I've, I've got. I probably got that book that he's talking about, which is the Channel Four hardback. American guide to American football. Yeah, I had a small. Which has got it's, it's got the USA in the front and all the helmets of all the teams on like a double page spread. And that's all it takes, isn't it? I remember my auntie had a boyfriend called Tor Carl, who was a basketball player. And the first time he arrived to meet us, to endear himself, he'd brought gifts and he bought me a, a pocket guide to American football. And I can remember thinking it was the most exotic thing I'd ever seen in my life. Well, I got one. I bought it in a secondhand shop in the eighties. And it's Sam, a book called Sam DeLuca. I think he played for the Jets in the 60s or the early 70s. Sam DeLuca's Pro Football Handbook. And it was weird because it was written for an American audience, not for, like, for a British audience. So I used to love that book. And he, he's wearing a great jacket on the cover as well. But it's all the proper X's and O's, you know? Yeah, and that's it. And like, it, looks, it looks and sounds like a foreign language, doesn't it? That's the thing. Like, even like Sam DeLuca's Guide to Football. <laughs> you're looking at all these diagrams and it's, it, it really is brilliant. Z, let's have a look. Z Guy says, I chose the Bills because it sounded funny. I had no idea Buffalo was a place. I just thought it was something to do with the animal or the cowboy. It's <laughs> um, not a million miles from the truth. No, I know. It sounds like a much it's, more exciting... It's not a coincidence that there, there was a cowboy called Buffalo <laughs> Bill and they called the Buffalo Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else has been in touch? Kevin Crispy Kremen. Kevstar41. He got in touch to say, for my sins, I am a Bengals fan. Only because I was given a, Beng- a Bengal sweatshirt when I was younger. That's it. That's all it takes. Beautiful kit, that. The 80s kit. The Bengals. Good luck. Some good players. Anthony Munoz and uh, Boomer Zizen, of course, and various others. Uh, Ken Anderson, back in the day. Yeah, we'll Great moustache. We'll have to look at the Bengals. My mother, rest her soul, who I love dearly, and she would try to. She was very sporty, man, but she used to try to get into the NFL because I was into the NFL. She, she could not get the mental block out of her head of calling them the Bengal Tigers. <laughs> she wouldn't call them the Cincinnati Bengals. She said, she always called them the Bengal Tigers. I said, remember, they're not in India. 
<laughs> and they're not called the Tigers. They're the Cincinnati Bengals. We just couldn't get it. So there we go. Yeah. Well, There's worse things. There's worse things in life. <laughs> we'll have to look at some of those. Uh, you know, like, I don't know, what would you describe it as the less storied franchises, I guess? Yeah. Um, we got that black. They had, a, they had a black kit, a black jersey with the, with the tiger stripes around the top of the sleeves. That was a great looking kit. That was. It is a good looking kit, isn't it? The um, we had a Morian Williams at Morian Seventy. Morian mm. Williams has got in touch to say, "Loving the show so far. I totally get why you both love the Packers so much, and I have very similar reasons for loving the Browns. Blue collar, play in the cold, small market, oh. and lots and lots of history." And then yeah. he goes on, and I feel a bit guilty because last week we covered we covered draft day without really spending a lot of time on the Browns. So we should come back and visit the Browns, I think. He says, while Vince Lombardi transformed the game in the 60s, a generation earlier, Paul Brown did the same in Cleveland. Quite the, right. The team that he built was all conquering in the late 40s, and the majority of the 50s has so many great stories and so many great characters. that it is Although a, It's a story begging to be told. I tell you what, mate, it's an interesting story as well because that was a, a, a rival league called the All-American Football Conference that came after the war in 1945. And um, um, the Browns were one of those franchises. What they did in that, that they didn't do in the NFL, was they let people bid for the best talent. They thought, well, if we, if we can get the best college players, yeah. we'll, we'll have, a, more, we'll have a, a better product. But what happened was the Browns owner basically bought all the best players they dominated that at AAFC for, for the whole length of the league was in existence. They were one of the three teams that went into the NFL. But because they were so successful, that's one of the reasons that the league died, basically. Right. Because, you know, if you, you American fans don't want to go and see a team when you know for a fact that your team has got no prospect of being competitive. So they wouldn't, so. They wouldn't do well in Scottish football then? <laughs> well, I don't know, yeah, unless they were... Rangers or Celtic fans, no. No offence to Hibbs. No um, he says, Otto Graham, Marion Motley, the first black player Motley in professional was, oh, football. Wicked player. And the great Jim Brown are just some of the players that are part of the Brown story in the era of dominance. And also, mate, talking about a blue-collar team, they were they were the team that um, sort of forced the NFL really to, to break the colour bar, which had been in place for sort of 15, 20 years. There were no black players, I don't think, between like 1933 and 1947 or 48. We should definitely do um, the story, yeah. Yeah, we should do. Um, he's God, uh, I know loads, don't I? Just impressed myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, really, that's, that's why you're here, Mike. You know what you're talking about. Um, I can recommend reading The Best Show in Football, the 1946-1955 Cleveland Browns by Andy Piasek. It's a great read and absolutely fascinating mm. if you love the sport and the characters involved, no matter who you support. There you go. I got into yes, the game please. and the Browns in particular in the mid-80s when they were exciting to watch and since then I've stuck with them through thick and thin but their story from the early days is a story that should be shared with your listeners. By the way, I've shared your podcast with the members of the British Brown Backers, the BBB. Go um, on, boys. There are lots of us and we would all love it if you could give our team the Any Given Wednesday treatment and remind everyone of what we once were. I will be again. Don't say that. Come on. That's it, exactly. It comes around, doesn't it? It comes around. And it'll, it'll be back. They're looking, they're looking good this season. They're looking I do like that Ohio, sort of Ohio, Pennsylvania, blue collar, hard, oh, rock and sock and football. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely grind them and pound them. Super Bowl 36 coming up between the St. Louis Rams and the New England Patriots. Let's crack into this week's topics. It's a big one, and I'm sure it's one we'll probably come back to because I don't think we could cover it all in one episode. We're going to be looking at the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era at the New England Patriots. 
the great i mean like you know i think you know obviously the phrase goat gets bandied around uh an awful lot but probably dealing with well the two goats of the game really the greatest ever coach and the greatest ever quarterback do you agree with that i think there's, there's always been franchises right so uh, that, that, have, that have dominated a decade so like they said we could you could say it was the browns of the 50s it was certainly the packers through all of the 60s it would have been the Steelers in the 70s. It would have been the, the Niners in the 80s, the Cowboys in the 90s. But what the Patriots have done is had sort of two dynasties back to back. They, so they, from 2001 to now, so for 19 years, rather than being a decade, for two decades, yeah, they've been they've been the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the 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 big comparison for me uh, to help get a reference on it is always Sir Alex Ferguson at Man United, where you know, yeah. Yeah. absolutely dominant for a huge period of time loathed mm. by many but then you cannot help but respect the achievements and i think once it's ended people can step away and look at it and really appreciate what happened there really i mean it's remarkable what they've done and we talked about the draft in other episodes we talked about draft day last week and that league is set up for this not to happen you know, you you shouldn't win six Super Bowls in 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 less than twenty years. You shouldn't, you shouldn't win like three Super Bowls in four or five seasons. That that shouldn't that shouldn't happen, and it does. So, what Belichick has done as a coach, and there's there's been controversy. There's been the Deflate Gate, and there's been um, Spy Gate, Spy Gate, and various other gates. I, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of gates. It's myself. always it's always gates. Isn't oh God, <laughs> Watergate Gate, all the gates. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure other teams do it. We, we, we've alluded to it before. I'm sure other teams do it. And I think there is a lot of jealousy with that team. Um, I, I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I was a massive Brett Favre fan. I'm a massive Vince Lombardi fan. And, and when you're, you know, that's a name synonymous with football and coaching and, and, and innovation. But you, to be the top of your game for 20 years in the NFL... And Brady's a freak. I mean, I know he's gone to Tampa Bay now, and they're doing okay. But that's forty-two years of age, and still, and still performing yeah. at a high level. Absolutely, and he's been doing that for tw- for twenty-one years. It's it's ridiculous. Well, so from a personal point of view, I yeah. you know having having really fallen in love with this sport over the last decade, the Patriots were always the team that I've been rooting to lose the Super Bowl. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of my kind of coming to the Patriots because. They were always kind of the number one team, the best in the best. But in pro- a couple of months ago, uh, producer Simon, in fact, recommended a book that's just come out by Jeff Benedict called The Dynasty. So I, I read that a couple of months ago, and it really made me reevaluate the, the what's happened at the New England Patriots. Well, what I wasn't prepared for reading that book and reevaluating the New England Patriots is how many really brilliant human stories there are in. Mm in that story of them becoming a dynasty. And it started with the owner, Robert Kraft, because I always assumed that Robert Kraft was just like, I thought he owned Kraft Cheese and was just like a, you know, a faceless kind of billionaire bloke. But he is actually a local businessman made good who loves the mm. team. And I, yeah. I didn't realise that. The fact that the owner has an emotional connection to the team, used to go with his sons, as all, and always that was always his ambition, was to own the New England Patriots. That changes yeah. things fundamentally from the get-go. Yeah, when there's a when there's a real love of a genuine love of, of a team, it, it is it, that, that is a big difference. And Kraft comes across, just comes across really well. I mean, as as, a, as an owner who 
who still cares about the team, cares about the coaches, cares about the players. Very rarely that a, a player's got a bad, or an ex-player's got a bad word to say about Robert Kraft as an owner. Very rarely. Yeah. I tell you what I watch with watching the America's games of, of, the, of the Super Bowl seasons for them. It's what great characters as well. Some great characters. Like Julian Edelman. You, obviously, I've seen him play and he's a fabulous receiver. He'd be a great bloke to go out for a night out, wouldn't he? <laughs> Edelman, you'd have a right laugh, with, Gron- wouldn't you? Gronkowski. Oh. You'd, have, you'd, have, you'd have some big nights out with those boys, wouldn't you? And then I think because of the way they do things, I think what, what was nice, and I remember for years and years and years, it was always, you know, uh, number 44 from you know, Tom Rathman. And then he'd, and he'd run out on the Super Bowl and they'd bring all the players out one at a time. And then the Patriots, just through a fluke really, ended up one game just running out as a team. And that became their thing. They were just like, okay, we're a team. So they're only just as the New England Patriots and out they all come together. I just love that. And all the teams do that now. Because, of course, why wouldn't you? Yeah. You, you know, if, if you, if you, you've got to achieve that, all of you together, or it's not going to happen. Um, and their work ethic is second to none. And I'm sure that Belichick has pushed, well, he's been pinged a couple of times, but they push what's allowable. And, and when Edelman's talking about stuff, there's always a little twinkle in his eye. Yeah, I, I definitely caught it. I definitely caught it. A little, little wink. You think, oh, you, you bastard. Yeah. I think it all stems from Belichick, that attitude. I think that's why he's such an unpopular figure if he's not your coach, mm. is because he's got that win at all costs kind of mentality well, think about that it. the greats have. You, you, you've mentioned Ferguson already, right? But he was despised by most other football fans if you were a United fan you, you couldn't stand Alex Ferguson he was all the things they talk about Belichick being he was dour he had no sense of humour he was this he was that right it's not that he's just very focused on winning very focused on doing whatever it takes to make the team win and I'll tell you what was interesting thinking about that that parallel was if you think about Ferguson it didn't matter how good you were or how good the press thought you were he was the boss and if he thought getting rid of you helped the team, you were gone. Doesn't matter if you were Yap Stam, doesn't matter if you are David Beckham, doesn't matter who you were. Belichick is exactly the same. And it's not personal. You, you, can, you can choose to take it personally or, can not, or not. But what he's trying to do is make that team win. It's not that he doesn't care about the individual players, but that's not his focus. His focus is on winning. There's a, there's a recurring theme in, in the book and, and also when you're looking at those seasons where he will controversially cut a player and it'll feel like he's about to lose the dressing room. And then the dressing yeah. room respond and dressing they room. go You've on. You've been doing comedy for two <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> He's lost the green room, hasn't he? I've lost the green room many a time, mate. <laughs> lost them out front, lost uh, the green room. Yeah. Put your clothes back on, Tom. <laughs> oh, man. I, um, I once got booed off stage at up the Creek, which is this comedy club in South London, went into the green room. And Ed Byrne was the headliner. He was about to go on stage. And I yeah. spilt his his pint of Guinness and it went all over his trousers just before he was Unlucky. about to go on stage. So Good I was man. booed off stage and then went out into the green room <laughs> and spilled a pint all over the headliner. I had, no, I had nowhere the, else to go. The whirlwind, Tom Perry. <laughs> For example, it, you know, Lawyer Malloy, who's one of like the names in the team that first won the Super Bowl for them in 2001, Gets cut in 2003, and no one can believe yeah. it. But then the, the the team respond, and they go on to win the Super Bowl. And there's a very similar story in 2016 with Jamie Collins, yeah. who was like one yeah, exactly of the, the defensive leaders. Cut out of nowhere, the, t- the team are all aghast. They respond, well, they talk and about they that. go on. To, you know, it's incredible. Like they're sort of like Garrett Blunt and, uh, and uh, Edelman, 
um, I think uh, Dante Wilder with, with the three people talking there in that, in that America's game in that season, 2016. And they say about him getting cut, and they, they couldn't believe it. None of the players agreed with it. It was really unpopular decision by Belichick with all the players. But I tell you what, it was fascinating. And, he, and no one knows why still, right? Whether it was cap, cap room or what, no one knows. It was, I think he got some like, trade with Cleveland. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge trade or anything. But Edelman says, we all looked around and thought, well, am I next? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're thinking, nothing's, nothing's guaranteed in this team. If I don't perform, if I don't produce, it doesn't matter who I am. If you can cut him or trade him. Am I next? And that's bloody, that is Svengali level. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Not Svengali, what's what I'm looking for? Machiavellian, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get that off a lot of XP teachers. Machiavellian <laughs> thinking, boy. It's the Italian rugby player. <laughs> that was him, yeah. Um, so, that, is, that is it. And, and, uh, and so what that, you know, what that brings about is this kind of ruthless kind of atmosphere where that you're in the business. It keeps coming back to business and being like, you know, the, the kind of famous quote from Belichick is, you do your job. If you do your job, we win. You know, just yeah. do your job. He normalises winning so that, you know, he's one of those coaches that, again, it's something we keep coming back to actually week on week, which is, you know, they say, we won the game, we get in on Monday, and all he shows us is film of, this is your missed tackle, this is a mistake, that you missed that route. And it's kind of like, he just does not accept failure does not accept it's incredible well I think it's um, Dante Wilder talking about how involved the planning is and how, how you know, you've really got to wrap your head around it I mean they've always been a really thinking football team you've got to have a high football intelligence to play on the Patriots you know because the the way that he schemes things the way that, that everything works there famously Brady goes 199th in the draft but obviously Belichick and the scouts saw something in him as a, as a, as a football player so that first season, when um, when there's the big injury and he, and, he, and he steps in, just how those how those cards fell. You you've gone from a, a quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl, who's going to be a franchise quarterback. He's just on a ten year contract, gets injured. You bring in this 199th draft pick. Yeah. Patriots and Lions. Drew Bledsoe sits down. Here comes Tom Brady. Brady. Hits his man in the head. Hit J.R. Redmond right in the helmet. Ugh, no wonder he was a sixth round. Foxborough Stadium, we're ready for an AFC East battle between the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. Tom Brady getting his first start today for the injured Drew Bledsoe. Brady, the cool California kid. He had a lot of confidence when we talked to him. He said he's been running this offense since the day he walked in. It's a really dramatic story, that. So Drew Bledsoe is the quarterback, yeah. isn't it? He was the franchise quarterback. He'd been offered like a 10-year contract. He was their guy. Robert Kraft loved him like a son. Just signed it, yeah. There's a fascinating bit in the book where Brady gets picked in the draft, hundred like you said, 199th in the draft, and everyone's reaction to Belichick is like, well, why are we wasting our, you know, why are we wasting a pick with we've got our quarterback? But Belichick at the start of Brady's second season, once Brady's done his rookie season, he it says in the book he had a meeting with Robert Kraft where he said. If I was being honest and cards on the table, if you, I know I have to pick Drew Bledsoe, but if you wanted me to pick the best quarterback for this season, it'd be Tom Brady starting. Really? Uh, yeah, and mate, and then and then three games later, or two games, I think, into the season, Drew Bledsoe gets hit, and it is one of, I mean, like, well, it's horrible. Yeah, it is one of the most horrible hits you can watch, isn't it? It's, it's Feisman-esque. Absolutely brutal. 
and uh, yeah. he, he kind of breaks his ribs and they puncture a lung oh, and he's God, rushed he to died. hospital. Nearly died. And, 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 you know, the book, the book's a really, it's a really dramatic retelling of the Patriot story and it handles it really well. But it is like reading, a, you, know, you know, fiction because it starts with Belichick, Brady and Kraft next to Drew Bledsoe's hospital bed when Bledsoe's fighting for his life. Oh, and they said, like, read this. that I've moment read this, is bro. the birth of the most successful dynasty in modern sport. And it, it, wow. it all stems around that moment because if that moment hadn't happened, Brady wouldn't have got into that team for two or three seasons. He just wouldn't have because Bledsoe was there. Bledsoe was the man. But even there, there's, there's that bit where towards the end of the season, when, when he's fit, when Bledsoe comes back, and Belichick says, well, Tom's our man. We're staying with Tom. And obviously Bledsoe is not happy. But being very diplomatic, very NFL about it. I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do for the team and whatever, whatever. But then Brady gets injured. So then Bledsoe's got to come back in. I said, God, this is like a film script. This is nuts this, is this season. Absolute fairy tale moment. It's really incredible stuff. And then it gets to the Super Bowl and they, they start with Brady and, 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 and Brady kind of cements his reputation as this kind of big game player. Where does Bledsoe go? Does he go? He goes to the Bills. Bills, yeah, Buffalo, that's right. Apparently, he and doesn't really ever do anything, and yeah, it just has a funny name. And you want to go there, <laughs> and doesn't yeah, doesn't really do anything. And, and like what you know, it's an it's an incredibly it's a heartbreaking story for Bledsoe. Really, you kind of you think like he was this you know, he was a brilliant franchise quarterback who had his kind of future secured, and then one moment completely changed his life. There's an amazing clip in the America's Game. I really watched if you watch that for that uh, two, the 2001 Patriots where you see Bledsoe turn and leave the field and Brady kind of yeah, turn into the light and it's just yeah. this one shot where you see two yeah. careers head in two different yeah. directions that you couldn't you could not film it better and that that is what I wasn't expecting I must admit is the story of the Pats and you look at Belichick's history going into the Patriots. He was a failed coach at the Cleveland Browns, a failed head coach, a very mm. respected defensive coach. But like you said, people didn't think he had people skills, you know, because he was surly. He wasn't, you know, that approachable. Always wore nice jumpers. Always wore nice yeah. jumpers until he went into the hoodie. And then those kind of weird yeah. plastic <laughs> T-shirts that you can sweat yeah. in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like Kraft saw something in Belichick and, and relentlessly pursued him. And his former boss tried to stop him from going to New England Patriots. He hid the fact that the Pats were after him. There's like, it, it, yeah. And, and so Belichick didn't end up going the first time round. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The story of Belichick's success when he comes in to the Patriots, he wasn't already a success. He wasn't someone who people thought, oh, this is it. Here we go. We've got someone yeah. great. He had so much to prove. And you think about Brady as well, going 199th in the pick. Uh, you know, skinny kid. And there's loads of, like, the famous clips of him, uh, uh, you know. Well, that's, one of his just in his short has been just done the rounds. <laughs> well, that's it, for exactly. Years. And, like, you see him at the combine, and, you know, like, he's slow, he's skinny. He doesn't look like a professional. You thought, yes, I could do this. <laughs> God, no, look, I was looking at that and thinking, hello. Um, and and there's, a, there's, there's, a bit, there's a bit in the book that's goosebumps where um, Robert Kraft says the first time he saw Brady, he gets his name wrong. He calls him Kyle Brady by mistake. Kyle, yeah. And Brady runs after him and stops him. Um, and so this is like a rookie kid out of college. And he says, I just want to tell you that you've made the best decision of your life bringing me here. And I'm going to prove that to you. And, and off he trots. And it's like, oh my, it's like genuinely goosebump moments. That's the thing about Brady is like he is, it's very easy now to see him as Tom Brady, but he he was a real outsider. You know, he he had so oh, much massive, to prove. Yeah. He had so much to prove and people were constantly writing him off. And, you know, what comes across in the book is just his work ethic and his leadership skills are absolutely incredible. Well, your quarterback tends to be, I mean, especially it was the case in the States. So, you know, the best looking kid in high school and the best looking kid in, in university and he's the big brash, he's getting the, he's getting the girls, he's the, you know, that, that, he's, he's your alpha male quarterback, isn't he? Yeah. And people said, who knew Tom Brady, said he was just this quiet, very focused bloke, very quiet bloke. Edelman talks about this, but when, but when, he, but when he switched, you could just tell he's, he's, he's so competitive, but, he, but he's not his, it's not his way to be brash and to be loud and to be all the other things. That's not what he does. Very measured. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and also, the, the, the one thing that really comes across, which, like, for, for those people who try and dislike Brady, he comes across as a really good bloke. And there, there are, just... like, there are like two or three stories, and, like, Drew Bledsoe's one of them, and then the offensive uh, coordinator is sent to hospital and nearly dies. And, like, they have all these kind of dramatic moments, and they say... The one person who's the last to leave the hospital, the first to visit, is Tom Brady. And it's like yeah. on a personal level, he comes across as just one of those guys where, I mean, we spoke, uh, we had a personal chat about it last week, about people who have the X factor in life, mm. people who have that kind of um, something very special about them. And it just comes across as that he is one of those people. Yeah, because he's got the lot now, and, he, and he's got... Better looking with age as well. He's a freak for 42, <laughs> isn't he? You know, he? He looks 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's married to a super... If you don't know this, he's married to a supermodel. And you think, no, she's marrying him for the money because he's, you know, he's an extremely wealthy man. I think she's worth twice as much money as he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So even in, his, even in his marriage, he's low status. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's got like, like $200 million, but she's got $400 million. Yeah. That's it. And, and like you, you just look at how he plays as well. I mean, like 
his style isn't, you know, like, you know, we looked at, like, say, like, your Brett Favre kind of quarterback, those kind of gunslinging, kind of showy kind of guys. But he, he's, he's got surgical precision, hasn't he? And he, he unpicks yeah. defences, the way he reads them, and, you know, his quick release. And there's a great story, I don't know if it's in, in, in one of the documentaries, but in the book, where he says he was, he was, he was at the training facility watching film when he was a rookie and he was left alone in 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 the in the dressing in the changing room and uh he saw the coach the quarterback coach had left their notebook and it had, oh, yeah, it had yeah, quarterbacks yeah, written on that. the front and so yeah. he goes and he has a look and it says in the notebook he's too slow to read the game he's too slow to release he needs yeah. to do everything quicker and he said that he went away and just spent the entire close season working on that in his game, came back, and it's just like, he is, he, he's very humble, and he is, his work ethic is second to none. All the way through, even after they'd won three Super Bowls, if they lose a game, then his teammates say, Brady will sometimes go straight off, they'll get off the bus, and he'll go straight into the quarterback room and sleep at the ground following a defeat so he can watch film study film overnight study film the next day see what he did wrong make amends for it in training and that's the difference in being excellent and being the best isn't it yeah and they say with Belichick he's the same thing he, he, he regularly will sleep at the facility I know a lot of head coaches do but he is he is all about football he doesn't care about anything else That he, he doesn't care about anything else football 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 that's it we got a huge game this week against a great football team, a great organization. And that's where it all is going forward on Seattle. All right. Coach, were you uh, happy or annoyed that Trump read the letter? Seattle. Well, your team's always been good at keeping outside distractions on the outside. Given the nature of this presidential race, Seattle. did you find it... Seattle. Did you find it... Uh, Helpful to talk Seattle. to your players about this. If any of your players talk to you about this, are there Seattle. Any concerns about any locker room rancor as a result of this. Obviously, he comes across as very surly and very like his media interviews are incredible, aren't they? Like, One word. When you when you look at people trying yeah. to interview no. Belichick, <laughs> trying to get something out of them, and especially when he's pissed off or something's gone against him. I respect that, though. Oh, well, I, I, I love it. I absolutely Because they're love contractually it. obliged to do those things by the NFL. But it doesn't mean you've got to enjoy it or give them anything. Yeah, that's it. And he just doesn't. And, like, he quite often would just repeat a phrase. Well, you think having a 37-year-old... We're on to Cincinnati. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. Okay, is there, is, do you feel like the talent you have here is good? We're getting ready for Cincinnati. What is your response, well, I mean, I'm just asking, do you think you've done enough to help Tom Brady? We're getting ready for Cincinnati. We're just focusing on that game. We're focusing on that game. Just, just like he's in court. Just like sticking to one word answer. He reminds me of like a, an old person. You, you only get to an age where, you know, you, you should be dead, but you're still alive. <laughs> and you just don't care what people think about you. Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me what you think of me. That complete abandon. Well, he's so successful. And he's so good at what he does that he doesn't care what the, the media say about him anymore. I think I wouldn't think it phased him the slightest. Well, it's kind of, and you look, well, you know, it's a man who has made maverick decisions that have worked. You know, like, it's kind of like if, if he made those maverick decisions and they didn't work, he would have had a very short career as a head coach. But he made yeah. that, you know, the, when he cut those players, when he kind of, the, some of the plays that he called, he makes such maverick decisions and they play off. Sorry, they pay off. 
and that's you know that's... and other little things as well like they said after the one they got beaten quite heavily in the one game and they said the next practice session he got a shovel out and buried the ball <laughs> I love that just dug a big hole put the ball in it covered it so that's done now yeah. and, and Tom Brady said like, I just stamped on the earth and that was I thought it's a quirky thing to do I, w- I, know, I, I would never think say... of Bill Belichick doing that yeah. right it is. It's kind of. It's. It's a novelty, and and like he had things like he'd have an anchor dropped when they had a poor season. He'd drop an anchor yeah. into the middle of the changing room and say, "That's last season. That's going to drag yeah. us down unless we get rid of it." And they'd all carry the anchor out of the changing room, and then. And them. so many people that are, are constantly successful, have got that attitude where you're future focused. You know, I can't change what's happened. All I can change is right now and think about going forward. Don't care. About the last down, I don't care about last week's game. I don't care about last season. I care about right now and where the, and where we're going to be going forward. Yeah, that's it. Rod, Rodney Harrison talks about um, the speech that he did before the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick gave them a speech, and he said, "I finished listening to that, and I was ready to run through a brick wall." Oh, oh yes, please, absolutely. Oh, Bra- and Brady. So you think about the top in any sport. They say they could, they could see the game in slow motion, or you look at Formula One drivers who, who who can drive calmly at 250 miles an hour. Brady's going out for a Super Bowl the one year, and he said he just nodded off, just fell asleep. He was so relaxed and so calm. And then, like half an hour later, his kickoff. Yeah, imagine being that chilled. We did an episode on Joe Montana and, and, and the 49ers. It, there is there isn't any other player I don't think apart from Montana in, in NFL history where you'd say. You see it so many times where they say, no matter how what the difference is in the score, but we've got Tom Brady. And, and, and you know, teams talk about, can they run the clock down? Because they know the ball is going to go back into Tom Brady's hands. And I don't know if there's been a better quarterback who, with two minutes to go, you know, and there's a points deficit, you know he's going to be able to march his team up the field and, and put points on the board. Well, our man, Big 12, is, is known for doing that as well. But I'm... Um... But, but Brady's done it. I think about Super Bowl in 2016. Yeah, we should talk about that. Really, that, that... well, they were 25 points down <laughs> going into going into end of the third quarter. You think, but they're still saying that this is not over. Like Edelman saying, this is what a, what a story this is going to make. So that was a Super Bowl that I, I mean, I don't know if it was the same with you when you were watching that, but everyone who I knew wanted the Falcons to win that game. <laughs> like there was, I can't remember anyone cheering for the Patriots no. for that final. And, and I'd also turned. We, we watch a Super Bowl in my bar every year, and a couple of boys had gone home. Um, I was just sort of turning the lights off, thinking, "Oh, this game's done." <laughs> so it was it was late, you know. So yeah. obviously, it'd been a Super Bowl. And then as I'm just about to turn the projector off, they scored. I thought, "Oh, fair play." <laughs> and then, I, and then I had on my phone as well. I, I had the game on my phone, so I put the projector, turn the projector off, walk into the house. I thought, "Oh shit, they've scored again!" Right, and then there was like an on. And then, next thing, I thought, my, I can't believe what he's doing. And they show it in that America's game. But when you're watching at the time, the way that he spread the ball left and right on those drives, and just kept them on their, kept the, the Falcons on their toes, bang, 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 bang. It was incredible. Yeah. And to be that calm with 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 the with the clock ticking like that. And then when it went to overtime, I I ended up staying up in the house to watch the, the overtime. But like Edelman said, as soon as they won the toss, as soon as we know we had the football in Tom's hands, we thought we've got this. Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! 
What a comeback! It's interesting for me as well. Belichick seems to... His squads do seem to be full of, like, odd players. Like, outside, like outsiders or players with something to prove. And I think that's yeah. one of his skills. And when you look at it, it's like he's constantly cutting players who if you feel like, oh, they're going to stay there now and become legends, you know, club legends. But he cuts them and off they go. And he brings mm. in new people. But a lot of the time, they're people who have had kind of interesting twists and turns in their career or they're, they're sometimes outcasts they've all got something to prove and he brings them in and says i believe in you i know you can do this and then they they kind of repay that faith in them well and it's like the raiders were always seen as that team that that would take all the sort of off casts and the and the and the, and the weirdos and the freaks and the people who've, who'd failed in other clubs and people with issues they, they were seen as the like a Raiders thing to do, especially under John Madden, and they had they had a degree of success, but the Patriots have done that for twenty years, yeah. like you just said. Then and they and they've won six. They've been to eight Super Bowls and won six of them, with two, yeah with players that have been cut and moved on. Um, and he, Christ, who who are the twins um, in the twenty eight? The McCourty twins, Devin and um, Jason McCourty. Yeah, the safety in the on the corner back there. Um. Yeah, so they said so they talk about how, they, how the NFL works. So twin brothers who grew up together, played football together all the way through. Then they get drafted one by I think Cleveland, and the other one by the Super Bowl, uh, by the Patriots. So no, sorry, no, he wasn't Cleveland first. He was with was he Tennessee? I can't remember. But basically, he goes eight seasons, not going to the playoffs. His brother goes eight seasons to the playoffs and Super Bowls and everything else. Then he goes to Cleveland. They don't win a game. They go 0-16. And then he's out of contract. So his brother says to Belichick, listen, my brother's a really good player. See if we can get him in. So the next thing is they, they've signed McCourty. So he's playing with his brother. And he said when he won that Super Bowl, he was so pleased. It was his third Super Bowl. Yeah. But it was his brother's first Super Bowl. He said, but I felt it was the, it was the best one for me because I knew how much it meant to my brother. I loved that. Even that was a story. That's great. And, and there are, I mean, like, it's worth thinking about that, first, especially that first Super Bowl win. There's stories attached to each of their Super Bowl wins, I think, because obviously we we touched on it at the start. There has been quite a lot of controversy along the way, and you know we can skip oh, over yeah. like Spygate and Deflategate, but like Deflate, like they were big, big incidents at the well, time. Well, Brady was out for four games. Yeah. So and then the second, and then Garoppolo goes down. So you're in, you're on a third stringer. And I think I think one of the Edelman was out for four games for for, for for PEDs. Yeah, one of the things they talk about with with Belichick's coaching is situational football, and like that's that's all that you know that's where his focus lies is situational football. So in all of, you know he he spends time in training camp changing the situations that are on the field and putting people through all the different situations so that they're prepared for any kind of situ any type any kind of opponent any kind of situation and whatever that takes um there's a really good story when they were coming up against Peyton Manning and the Colts when they were in their pomp they were like the team to beat and he got the backup quarterback to take a month off and study Peyton Manning study all his calls and be able to do an impression of Peyton Manning behind the snap so that in the build-up to the game, 
they just played against this quarterback being Peyton Manning so that they could read oh, his that. calls. Like loads of things like that that really give them the edge over their opponents. One of my favourite Pats Super Bowl wins was their last one in 2018 because mm. it was one of those great moments where you saw Belichick as the coach. You know, like he. it was when they came up against the LA Rams and it was Sean McVay and off and this kind of big offense and like razzle dazzle really and everyone was kind of singing this kind of changing of the guard and Sean McVay was seen as this is the way football is now very kind of loose offensive play and Belichick just came in and it was this he just shut the entire game down and you know I remember watching it with people who were saying oh god this is this is really boring and like where are all the touchdowns but it was it was incredible to watch Belichick come in yeah. and it was like a defensive masterclass well this is why I've had my I think I've mentioned my dis, dislike of red zone before right because I, to me football's not basketball I, I don't want to see touchdowns every every 10 seconds it's fine I love <laughs> watching the strategy I love watching the defense I love watching like so what Belichick does famously is he takes away what you do best Right, so if you've got a great short passing game, you'll take that away. If you've got a great deep threat, you'll take that away. If you've got a great running game in the middle, you'll take that away. So to have the intelligence of the players to be able to adapt, like you said, to that. So game to game is different. They they don't play football the same every week. They look at what you do well, and then they take that away. And football's always going to be you're always going to have strengths and weaknesses. And obviously, if you take away that that short passing game then you're going to leave yourself weaker to the deeper threat. But he knows that's not as big a threat as the short passing game. So he, he plays that percentage game all the time, Belichick. Yeah. But you need to have personnel that can adapt like that. Their scouting must be, be phenomenal as well because you don't find players at the end of the sixth round unless your scouting team is absolutely bang on yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You can be Tom Brady, you can be Patrick Mahomes, but you need to be with a Bill Belichick. I think to, you know you need somebody who's going to be able to manage, like you said, two dynasties. Really, I, I don't mm. know what the chances of that are. I don't know. No matter how good Patrick Mahomes is, I don't know. Well, also, mate, how good will he be in t- two thousand and thirty? Uh, I mean, that's it. It's like will to, to win six Super Bowls. I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't think we'll ever see that again. I think the way that he was drafted, the way that he came into the league, uh, as always, obviously that stays with you. But what he's also done is he's always been, if you listen to people who know the ins and outs of how, we talked about draft day last week, how, how the, the cap works and the draft works. He's always been very willing to be flexible with his contract because he wants to be successful. He doesn't, he's got, he's got enough money in the bank. He's, he's, he's not about the cash. He's about, he's about being competitive and winning football games and winning, and winning championships. So you need that as well. Because if, if you start putting your foot down about contract demands, well, then you can't afford that. That sort of has a knock-on effect with the rest of the team. You literally cannot afford to put that team together. Yeah, it can't be done. If, if you're if you're going to be if you're going to stick if you if you're going to be um, inflexible about things like contracts, you're not going to be successful. And I think Brady's always been happy to sit down and how how can we? And then that that needs a owner like Robert Kraft who understands it. It needs a coach who gets the players, and needs a players who who want to win more than anything else 
it's, it's, a, it's a perfect storm we got there. Yeah. Um, or had been, oh, yeah, well, I was going to say we should we should kind of bring it to an end, really, because it did come to an end. Big story from the world of sports. After months of speculation, quarterback Tom Brady announced on social media that he will not return to the New England Patriots next season. Tampa Bay, according to multiple sources, is where Brady will try to recreate the magic he made in New England. Big move shaking up the NFL, Tom Brady. He's leaving the New England Patriots after 20 years, and now fans are speculating about which team he'll play for next. The breakup finally came on one of Boston's most cherished holidays, no St. Patrick's Day. Tom Brady leaves New England tops in so many NFL categories. His 249 wins are seven more than Adam Vinatieri all-time. His 30 playoff victories... Patriots fans are slowly digesting the news that Tom Brady will no longer be their quarterback. Paul Burton spoke with some of them outside Gillette Stadium. Of course I'm sad and everything. Like, it's devastating. The book always says that, like, they never really... I think this is the way Bill Belichick is, really, the way he approaches it. But they, it's not like they ever had, like, a father and son type relationship. They were never personal very close it was always mm. this brilliant working relationship and I think it started to there started to be problems when Brady he's got this kind of lifestyle guru coach who kind of deals with his diet and his exercise it clearly worked because like you said he's 42 and he, he, looks he amazing. plays like a 30 year old but you know he wanted him to travel with the team and he wanted you know a lot of his teammates were starting to kind of listen to this guru coach as well um i don't think belichick liked that and i think that created a lot of friction we're in this interesting position now where brady has gone to tampa bay and belichick lost garoppolo because i think the the kind of transition wasn't as Belichick. Well, I think I think Belichick would have wanted to go get rid of Brady slightly earlier and go to Garoppolo, but I don't think he was allowed. And so suddenly he's ended up without a quarterback and ended, has ended up going for Cam Newton. That doesn't feel very Belichick. It'll be really interesting to see what happens yeah. there. What will be really interesting will be to see Brady, you can tell, is desperate to win a Super Bowl without Belichick. And I think... I think that's going to drive him for at least another couple of seasons because his his kind of will to win is relentless. You know the way that he looks physically and the way that he's playing. I don't. I, don't, I can I can see him playing another two or three years. It is weird. It's 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 kind of like you know, it it happens. We see it a lot where you see you're watching Joe Montana in a different jersey or Joe Namath in a different jersey. It's odd, isn't it? It is odd watching him suit up for Tampa Bay. Brett Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre, oh God, yeah. You know, and we were talking about, will we watch Aaron Rodgers in a different I think show we will. one I day? Think it, I, think, I think that'll happen. So Brady plays another couple of years, he'll be 44, 45 years of age, right? Yeah. When I was a kid watching football, the big story was, um, it was the end of sort of George Blander's career right. at the Raiders. And George Blander, I think, played until he was 47 or 48. But he looked like an old man. He looked like my granddad. He's like this gnarly old grey-haired old-timer footballer. I remember thinking the 47 was ancient. Ancient. And Brady looks great. And look, he's playing, you know. If they can if they can look after him and protect him and give him a running game and he would love that. I mean, imagine. Yeah, and I I think I think I would now. And that's where I've I've gone 360, really, from being yeah. like, oh God, I hope. Hope he falls flat on his face, and then, but like having read the book and rewatched those Super Bowl victories, you just think, I think he deserves it. And what, what, what an incredible player! And even you're watching him now, having affected Tampa Bay, 
And, um, you know, we're not going to see the lights. Do you think you'll get in the Hall of Fame one day? I don't know. I think, I think he fancies his <laughs> fancy chances. <laughs> Just they should waive the five-year rule and just say, okay, off you go. He's straight in. After your last game, there's your gold jacket. Off you go. Have you ever seen pictures of him wearing all six rings? It looks quite... Yeah. too many rings, isn't it? <laughs> no, I don't know, mate. I wouldn't mind it. I, how do you feel about Super Bowl rings? There's a pot. I love them. You love it? I thought you would. Oh, I thought what? Of course. <laughs> I've got a replica Packers ring that I wear to gigs. <laughs> looks like an absolute fraud. Yeah, yeah. there you go. But six, It's a. it, it looks... Uh, it looks insane. I, I, I really do recommend the book, The Dynasty. Uh, I'm going to get Jeff that Benedict. as soon as possible. It's a, it's a, it's a really well-written read. And there are moments... Did Simon give that to you, the producer, Simon? No, I had to get it myself. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. I, was, I, I, thought, I, I thought he was going to show favouritism, man. I was, was going <laughs> to ask you to send it to me. I'll buy it, I'll buy it. I had it. to go to Waterstones in the middle of a lockdown. Um, <laughs> there's something about that... <laughs> the timing of that first Super Bowl... Essential. Win. For essential <laughs> yeah, goods. I yeah, I know. I, like, I need this book. <laughs> Um, there's something about the timing of that first Super Bowl win as well. It being in 2001, it being after 9-11, won oh, the Super God, Bowl, yeah. and, and Kraft gets the trophy and says, you know, right now we are all yeah. Patriots and the Patriots are the world champions. There is something amazing about that moment because that wouldn't have worked with any other, you know, it just wouldn't have worked with any other franchise. No. Um, and the timing of that is an incredible moment. First season is like a film. It starts off with, I think it was the second game of the season that... that uh, 9-11 happened, wasn't it? Yeah. I think they played the first game, then 9-11 happened on the t- horrible Tuesday. They missed the next Sunday, and then they decided as a, the players' union and the owners and everything, say, we need to be back doing football and show that, you know. So the week after that, poof, yeah. man. And then here goes your season. Oh, what a what a story, man. What a story, to, to quote Julian Edelman, what a story. Yeah, not so not so sure about his, what's his squirrel. <laughs> and, it's, and they say squirrel wrong, Americans, don't they? They say squirrel. squirrel. There's, there's, I mean, there's an E in there that he's, that he's missing. Squirrel. Squirrel. And, and as fantastic a player as Edelman is, what a poor author. I mean, talk about thinly veiled. So he's got, he's got Jules the squirrel, right, with his red gloves we on. You should say what this is, right? He's so, got Tom yeah. the goat. So, so in America's game, Julian Edelman's written a children's book uh, about a squirrel which called is ex- Julian. Yeah, which is exactly the same story. He, he as just plays, plays football. Yeah, it's great though, isn't it? But he, he's, a, he's a character, isn't he? Edelman's a character, Gronkowski's a character. He puts on yeah. those kind of party cruises, doesn't he, where you can go and get drunk Imagine. with him and party on the, yes, on please. the, on the boat. Um, <laughs> I, bet, I bet producer Simon's been on that party, but he's been on there. <laughs> Do you know what we should just say? That, it, that, that he met, because he goes to all these Super Bowls as well. Yeah. He met Brady and he said, what, you know, just the, the sort of the aura of the bloke as well is, is, is undeniable. And what, and what, and what a, just I'm a nice fella as well. I just love, I love hearing when people that are that good and have, and have got everything are still decent people and still, you know, it's nice to hear that. Yeah. And then God, I don't want to like him, but I do. Well, and that's it. And all his teammates in the book is I'll talk about like love. Like he, he, he talks about love all the time. I love you, man. And like he, he generates this atmosphere of love that, so mm. when you do see him, up the sideline kind of really kind of shouting and bawling out his players and inspiring them. It's like, it, it's built from this foundation of, I love you, man. And like yeah. this person who's always there for them, who's asking about their family. And it, it, it it's, it's really good to hear, you know. And he also loves Donald Trump. So, well, that's another issue, isn't it really? That's another issue. I, I had to mention it. Sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, Kraft, Brady, yeah. Belichick, all Trump supporters. <laughs> it's problematic. That it, it is problematic. I'm weird. That's made me like Trump now. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole point of this episode. Uh, stop the count or keep going with the count. Um, we're just saying that you know. You Let's make this podcast great again. <laughs> Zone. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25.